0: September. Welcome to the end of 2019 pretty much. Welcome to fall. Welcome to ooh, pumpkin spice and everything nice and boots and scarves. Oh my gosh, this is going to be my first fall in New York and I'm pretty delighted about it. It's going to be magical just like every other season in New York. Today's episode, we are going to be talking about embodying archetypes specifically how jamie woolrab and i are doing this together at our upcoming event the embodied archetype regardless of whether or not you have something that's happening that weekend and you can't make it or you do plan to make it or you're curious about making it you're going to gain some really brilliant insight into this podcast episode we're taking some of the concepts And things we talked about in our first interview together a few weeks back. And we're putting them into an even more rich, embodied place. We'll take some of those concepts we briefly touched on and we'll give you some real examples. Quite a few real examples of how embodying shadows will change your life will change your family, your how, your business, how you feel about yourself, healing trauma. It's just really brilliant, deep work. So I'm not going to do any announcements today. I'm ready to get on in. I want to keep this episode around the length of a subway commute or a car ride commute. And um, let us know. Listen all the way to the very end so you know how to apply for the retreat. And you just want to listen all the way to the very end to get all the juicy bits So I look forward to hearing from you after you check out this episode, enjoy it, learn from Jamie and I, check him out, follow him on Instagram. He's got so much that he offers and I look forward to hearing your thoughts on this awesome episode. Welcome back to the Mind Body Musings podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome.
1: So this good is to be so here. exciting.
0: I know. Okay, so I've been talking about you. You may not know this because I don't know if you listen to my podcast, but I've been talking about our retreat and you and every single episode. So by now, I think people have an idea of the premise of the work that we're going to be bringing together in November. Mm. Um, combining these two different worlds that I previously didn't even see the correlation, you know, embodiment with voice, with storytelling, with shadow work, like all these different things coming into one beautiful thing. And you and I have like, we just have this really unique formula and magic and, in bringing in both these worlds. Like we both sit really deep in I don't say I'm really deep in the acting, but I'm getting into the acting. I'm really deep in the embodiment. Oh and my god,
1: you're killing it! By the way, I'm so thanks. proud of you. It's like you're just—it's like lightning quick. Just what you're—I'm so proud of you. So, well, it's so, we, that's another conversation, too. but thanks you are—you've
0: are, hmm. been serving me a lot on that. But I'm just very excited to spend this time today explaining what mm. it is that we're doing here because it can seem a little bit like. I don't understand, so that's what we're we're doing today
1: well I have it's so great that we're having this and it's so good to see you and I in your audience has been just so generous to me and I just love everyone that I've met through you and and I had a huge breakthrough about our workshop during um, my last voice call that I did I'm, I'm teaching an online voice workshop and there's a, a student who um, really close with and she's working on her demo reel which is in the acting world it's like you getting your um shooting some scenes and then you you splice it together as a uh, a way to show your work to representation and she talked about her resistance she talked about i sit down and i get overwhelmed and i'm being overly critical of myself And she's frustrated, and she feels like she's wasted all of her money. And she was complaining um, as we were working. And I said, okay, why don't you embody this inner critic that is wanting you to procrastinate, that is wanting you to quit? And it, it took a little while for her to get there, but then she started doing this, like, she embodied this witch, this, like, withered old, you know, Uh, I also said it it was a little bit of the two old Muppets that sit in the balcony during the Muppet Show about who make fun of all the Muppets. And she was like, you suck. And she really started like embodying this inner critic that she had. And I said, go more, more. And she just let all of this energy out. Instead of it being stuck in the back of the recesses of her mind, she brought it forward. It's like in a horror film, you know the monster is always scarier when you can't see it, right? Mm. And she but then when she was finished, everyone, I think there was about ten to twelve people on the call, and they were riveted. And she sat down, took a breath, and tears just started pouring down her face. Mm. And everyone related to her and and praised her for her courage. And I said, There's a great quote that I learned from my amazing acting teacher, who's a Jungian therapist. And Jung said, until we bring the unconscious mind into the conscious mind, it will rule our lives and we will call it fate. I'll repeat that. Until we bring the unconscious mind into the conscious mind. So say my inner critic, which is sort of running me like the man behind the curtain, it's running me, but until I, I pull that, like the Wizard of Oz, I pull that curtain back and I see that inner critic and I give it voice, it's going to run me. And, and afterwards, uh, I actually heard back from her and she's like, oh my God, I, I see myself more clearly. Um, not like every shot of my reel is absolutely Oscar worthy and amazing, but I'm not, as, I'm not taking it as personally. I'm not um, resisting the editing chair. And she reclaimed a piece of herself by giving voice to the part of herself that's is so cruel, that, mm-hmm. that stops her from living her purpose, from giving her gift to the world. And who doesn't have that inner critic? And that's just a, a flavor of what the Embodied Archetype Workshop will be, is what is that voice? What is that thing that runs us unconsciously? Is it your, um, is it, Something that your father or mother did to you when you were little that you haven't quite um, integrated yet—is it a bully? Is it—is um, it something that you feel like you failed? And that trauma that uh, is in the—it's um, in our body, and we keep repeating that same pattern throughout our lives. And so, my work with John Wineland and through Stuart Pierce and Nancy Mayans—all these amazing teachers I've, I've worked with—it's Let's give voice to these shadows who are dying to speak, but they need a more artful, grounded, safe environment to be heard. And what's so interesting is that when she allowed her inner critic out, we felt her and saw her more. Mm. So, this thing that we want to hide from everyone is actually what is going to restore us to our our fullest nature, and I, and I believe, and I'm sorry I'm going off because I'm super passionate about it, is that we are only as light as we are dark, and that we shouldn't be afraid of our, um, our insecurities, our, our flaws, that it, when we embrace them and we love them, it actually highlights and augments the, the light side of us, mm. and it grounds it, and we become a more textured, deep, person and that's why you know a Kendra or a John that Kendra of and John Wineland when we work with them what what is so magnetic about them is there's they really embrace the the shadow side of themselves and that's what makes them so trustable.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm. Everything you just said it hits home so deep. It's so beautiful. And I have a I have something that I want to share about my experience working with you in that class. Um, But before I do that, I want to just, I think by now most people understand what the shadow is, but I just Mm. want to pull apart the thread for anyone that's kind of hopping onto the podcast for the first time to really understand like what the shadow is. And the way that it was described to me that I always come back to, I love this metaphor, it's as if your body is this magnificent castle and you were born, this castle had thousands of rooms. Um, this, was, this is a, a metaphor by Debbie Ford in her book. And as people, as you grow up, you know, people start to visit your castle and they say, oh, wow, there's thousands of rooms, but this castle would be so much better without this room. So let's lock the door. Let's throw away the key. Never again to visit this room because it's mm. kind of ugly. And then more people come in and then they say this room needs to have it locked up, this room, this room, this room. So by the time you are an adult, I mean, by the time you're 13, but definitely by an adult, You have all these rooms that have been locked up, and some of them that I always come back to when I'm doing my women's work is the sacred slut, or let's just say the slut, let's just get rid of the word sacred, the word slut. Like, we are terrified because of what we learned as younger girls of being a slut because of what that means, what we heard other kids say that means, or being a bitch. I was just listening to a podcast today um and it's called this young in life and it went all about like the archetype of the bitch it was fascinating and that's a part within us that is so useful being the bitch and channeling our passion and our anger towards something rather than aimless but whenever we repress it all together there are so many circumstances in life that the universe will present to us saying, okay, here's your opportunity to use, to unlock the door. Like we're going to keep giving you this thing until you finally learn how to reclaim your bitch. Or we're going to, we're going to give you all these instances where you're going to want to feel sexually free because we want you to be sexually free. And you're going to come head to head with that fear of being slutty in any way. And we're going to see, we're going to test you. Are you going to open up and are you going to surrender and are you going to have fun with this one body you've been given? with sovereignty with the person you choose or are you going to continue to turn that off and these archetypes can be for so many things one of them that you gave to me more recently and I got this really beautiful experience of of working with you in this capacity because if, if you can't tell by now everyone um, Jamie and I work with the same teachers we've overlapped you can listen to our last episode on the podcast um, to hear that story of how me and Jamie met but I got to work with you in the second round of your online monologue workshops, and you gave me for the second time, Joan of Arc, because I didn't do it the first time. <laughs> um, funny how that happens. You gave me the opportunity to be like, "Oh, stand up to the patriarchy, and I'm like, "Yeah, sure, that sounds great. Oops, I can't make the call when I'm supposed to perform it. Oops. <laughs> um, yeah, you didn't let me get by with that, but I, I I finally, finally memorized this monologue that I kept putting off and the undulation that you took me through and the different layers of speaking so powerfully as a woman that's so in her power, in her leadership, that as you put it, she's so powerful that others would want to kill her. That opened so much in me. I started crying, and I was thanking you. I was just crying because it was so powerful in this one moment of using my voice, not becoming like putting aside the label of actor or performer, just being a human being that's using the combination of words and emotion to unlock something within me i don't think I don't think many of us understand the pure power of this thing that is our voice and the parts of our body that get lit up and the parts of our heart that get freed through the voice, through words
1: i can I say something to that I, yes. I, just I, I get chills. and uh, thank you for your trust. It's also how terrified the patriarchy has been of the voice, so they have silenced women, hmm. right? there's been that's why the throat chakra has been such a tight, um, hard thing for people because yep. for the epigenetics of women not speaking up, they've been, you know the Salem witch trials, getting hung, Joan of Arc gets burned at the stake for speaking up, saying that I'm channeling God, and that was terrifying. So we know it's powerful because people have tried to silence people. That's, so the reverse is just as true, right? So now we're in this time where um that voice is 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 actually coming out and it's changing the world and i want to go back to what you said about the slut which i thought was so so fascinating and what i know about shadow is that if it isn't if that slut isn't embraced in some way if it isn't and there's the the male version of that as well it will leak out unconsciously mm. and we see that in in Cheating, we see that in pornography, and again, I'm not shaming whatever people choose to do. I just want to shed light in which people are doing things, in which is not an integrity to
0: them. And it, it also leaks out in self hate because, like, if, if you, yeah, yeah, if you're not, if you're not, like, the whenever, whenever I think about the sacred slut, I don't even think about another person involved. I really think about you just being in your own body. You're mm-hmm. going to repress your own ability to feel your own feminine body. You're going to shut off sensation. You're going to shut off even looking at your naked body. You're going to always be walking around in a towel because you're so afraid to be seen even by yourself home alone.
1: I also, that you're saying, um, I won't say who it is, but there was a a mentor, somebody I know um, really close with said that they gained a lot of weight because they were shaming that part of themselves. They didn't want to be looked at that way or objectified. Mm. So they put on a lot of weight To protect themselves and it's understandable but i know that that person um, would have preferred not to have done that and have had to deal with the health issues because of not being able to embody that in in herself and it's tragic and that's why i believe in this work so much it has to be felt it has to be um, engaged otherwise it will it's like it's a cancer it will eat us alive
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, and I, I had a, an, an another example of something that I just came to me right before this podcast and I'm now thinking it's actually perfect to bring up. I had this thing that happened a few years ago where a client had signed up to work with me. And then after two sessions, she was un, she was under 18. Her parents paid for it. It was just this whole ordeal. And she and her parents decided we're not going to do any more coaching. We're not going to pay the rest of the money. And it was like a big ish thing i let it go fairly easy i realized i didn't want it to be a big energy drainer but this this woman this girl messaged me a little bit probably a, a year after and then said i'm so sorry and she apologized so much like she felt so bad she was like i, I was 17 i didn't know what i was thinking i'm 18 now i understand and i'm like it's okay like i let it go it's fine and then she reached out to me again uh probably a year after, and then said again, I can't stop thinking about this. I feel so bad. And I have instances like this in my life where I feel so bad for things that I did. And it's not so much the answer. One part of the answer is to shower ourselves with love and like forgive ourselves and and tell ourselves we're okay. Like we're like we're a child. Like it's okay, we did we didn't know. That's part of learning. It's part of growing up is doing shitty things, to be honest. And then learning from it and then moving on because it's part of life. Mm. But what would, have, what would serve her really is to also just acknowledge that that's within her. Mm. To be someone who says, I don't want to do this work and walk out of it and cancel a contract and then walk away and do something shitty. Like mm. so much about the love and light culture is about, no, 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 no. You didn't do anything like shitty. Like everything was perfect. Everything was meant to be. And that is true. And it's also true that shitty things happen. And I think that's the powerful thing about shadow work is that we start to say, oh, yeah, I am that too. I am that. I am that. I am that. I am that. And it, it stops the constant for her two year, three year, however mm. long it's been judgment about this thing years ago because you finally say, oh, yeah, I do have the capacity to do something like that. And it's also OK. Mm.
1: There's a, uh, I love what you're saying. There's there's um, an amazing, where all of this sort of started in me. Actually, it started before I worked with John, and I worked with these, this acting teacher. And I remember she was helping us on a play. And she was stuck in rehearsals, and she was playing uh, a character, a female character, that was just berated her husband. And she would, she was working, she's from Kansas, and so she was taught to lift up the, the the man to be a devotional loving woman she would never talk to a man that way she would never talk to her father that way, so she's stuck in rehearsal, and this is part of the Jungian work she she ended up getting involved in, and she one night it was almost opening night, and she couldn't sleep and she's racking her brain. she's like, I would never talk to anyone this way. I would never ever Berate a man? I just—that's just not in my DNA. I won't do it. She goes, "Who do I talk to this way? I would never talk to anyone this way." And she's like racking her brain and and can't sleep. And then she goes, "The only person I talk to this way is me." Crack opened up. The, like God came pouring in, and she went. Then she did the, what's called enacting a substitution. So she made a substitution for the husband in the play was herself. Mm. And she, the parts of her that she hated, she, and she went to rehearsal and like literally blew the roof off the place. And people were like, oh my God. Yeah. And she, but just, and she goes, and then a piece of myself was healed. Mm. I had no idea I had that negative self talk. I had no idea how much I hated myself. And that's what I see so much through, you know, the conscious community, the artistic community. And we're in a very shaming culture right now. We're in a very public shaming culture. And I, when I see people jump on that public shame, I go, wow, they're they're, they're, they're or being a quote unquote troll. I see them yelling and be and berating that part of themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's where I, there's been a reclamation and compassion through this work where I'm, I'm, ha- I'm, I'm more forgiving of those, like with your, that's what made me think about your, your student, where it's like, where have I, you know, a uh, broken a contract? Where have I been unconscious? Where have I been irresponsible? And th- that great exercise that we do in our work where we say, you know i judge you to be irresponsible or a flake and then we lean in and we take a breath and we feel on ourselves and we go and we feel where where we are a flake or where we are irresponsible and once we find it we say just
0: like just me, like me. <laughs> yeah
1: and it and somehow i don't know it's magic it's alchemy and a huge like iceberg of that trauma or that that stuck, it just breaks off and floats off. And, um, that's just become such a huge part of my work that the, through my acting training, we've, we've been taught, you know, we are wounded healers and each piece of art I create, I reclaim a piece of my soul and hopefully through the performance or through the work that I help those that I'm working with, whether it's a student a client or an audience, to reclaim a piece of them, mm. and I, I could not be more passionate about it because that's what's given me the life I've always dreamed of today. You know, uh, a relationship I've always wanted, a, a, a baby, and I—that was not where I was heading a couple of years ago, and that was because I embraced the parts of me that I felt lowering, that I didn't want anyone to see, and now I'm like, I'm crazy, or I just lied, or I'm afraid. And I'm able to say that, or I, I feel like uh, I'm a charlatan. I feel like I'm a, like I'm a hack.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you know, being able to embrace that, I realize <sighs> it actually makes me the opposite. Mm. I feel like a fraud. Sometimes I'm coaching you and I'm like, I'm a fraud. I don't know as much as Madeline. Oh my God, she's so much beyond me. She's so evolved. She's so this, and I'm trying to teach her something. And I'm like, who am I? and i share that i say it out loud or i i don't know being a teacher that says you know i don't know and then once i get that out of the way a higher knowing is able to channel through me mm-hmm. and i'm able to hear that higher knowing channel through the people i have the privilege to work with and that's what i want to cultivate in the weekend where people you know make friends with these these um these shadows these parts of themselves because like you said it's going to be the key to reclaim these doors in this castle that's like oh my god this is where all the cool shit is (laughs) (laughs) what this thing's worth millions i can't believe it's been underneath this dusty sheet for 10 years this is what people want what oh my god this is what's going to bring me my soulmate. This is what's going to help me find my purpose. This is going to be the thing that, that, is, that unlocks my abundance every time, at least through my experience. And, and I have a structure of the weekend where at least we'll be, have the beginning of that conversation. And even if in the weekend you just begin the awareness of that, it's worth its weight in gold
0: you know what time it is it's time to hear about one of Maddie's favorite things aka today's show sponsor and truly from the bottom of my heart this really is one of my favorite things I talk about it all the time I am a full-bodied believer in CBD but I don't just support any CBD company While CBD is awesome, I want to make sure that I'm supporting a company who is doing a lot of good and particularly very intentional about their ingredients, about where they're sourcing from, and very intentional about education and very intentional about doing it with love. So that's led me to Rooted Life. Rooted Life is the contemporary apothecary built on a promise to create the purest, most effective, and highest quality CBD products in the world in partnership with MDs, PhDs, and ingredient experts. They are here to help you create your best life. Experience the Rooted Life advantage through the best hemp-based CBD in products that will transform and improve your health, mind, body, and soul. Rooted Life was founded with the purpose to help the world live happier, healthier, pain-free lives by using the highest quality hemp-based CBD products. Founded by women devoting their lives to improving yours and the people you care about through natural, pure, wholesome, and effective hemp-based CBD products, Rooted Life is committing to providing education and guidance currently not offered from other brands in the market today. It's very true. Let Rooted Life help you create your own at-home oasis using their tinctures, topicals, bath bombs, and their newly launched cellulose sheet mask. It's quite challenging to say. Save 10% off your purchase by using coupon code MADDY10, all caps, M-A-D-D-Y 10, at rootedlife.com. I had the one of the founders of Rooted Life come onto the podcast. I will include a link to that here. If you're curious about C B D, what it is, what it will do to your body, does it have THC? Well you know, how does it affect me at work? All these questions that you may be wondering if you're new to C B D is answered in that podcast with Danielle Smith. And I have been receiving I have been receiving Danielle's C B D for uh, what five months now maybe longer than that I used it on my entire trip when I was traveling Um, before I moved to New York I've definitely been leaning on it in New York and I've been trying the I've I've been using the sheet mask that I just talked about and it's delicious it's cooling I put it in the fridge before I put it on my face to let it chill and it's just delightful Um, but my favorite thing is definitely the tincture I put it in my coffee actually each morning maybe one to two drops. And then I also am a very, very, very big fan of their relief, their roll-on relief gel. I have this in my hand right now because it's right by my bed. My desk is by my bed. New York Life, And I put this on my lower back because it gets pretty sore whenever I'm working out. Um, and yeah, my lower back is my, my little pain point. So I put on this relief gel to get some CBD all over my body. It's so delicious, and it just soothes it, cools it, and brings relief. So I love Rooted Life. Out of all the CBD companies, I like having one particular one I know I'm going to order from that I trust, that will answer my questions, and I love that it's women-owned, women-built. So great. So if you want to support this company, you want to support your body, and you want to support the show, then go head on over to RootedLife.com, and life is with a Y, L-Y, F E and get 10% off Maddie 10. And I have a very strong feeling you're going to be hooked like me on this beautiful anxiety reducing product. Go listen to that episode, by the way, if you're at all curious and you just want to be educated before ordering any, I am so excited to hear your thoughts on that. Now let's go ahead back on over to the show with Jamie Woolrab. Can you give us a a little inside scoop on what the schedule schedule looks like? (sighs)
1: Well, it's not all, all based.
0: No, 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 no. I won't, I won't, I won't
1: get into no. it. It's, it's the, the basic structure is the first day is you will be partnered up. Um, Madeline and I will, will go through a, a deep process of, of partnering. And you will spend the first day alone in the process of really being grounded and open in yourself, the autonomy of your own soul, the autonomy of your own body, and embodying that, connecting to that. And then the second day...
0: Alone together, right? Like- Alone together, yes. right.
1: Yeah. But you're not, we're not doing any partner practices. It's just you. You're, through, through breath practice, chakra work, You know, talking, we do a medita- guided meditation. But it's really your own deep dive into yourself. Mm-hmm. Then the second part, uh, which is on the second day in the morning, is you just begin to do connection to the partner. Through mirror exercises and beginning to connect to your partner, and as you connect to your partner, you realize like, oh, my God, how often do I connect to people without first connecting to myself? And how strong and good it feels to be, oh, my God, before I even begin to connect to somebody else, I've done four hours of work of connecting to myself. So empowering. And, and in the afternoon, we go into what's called the third circle. So the first circle is the first day. Second circle is the second day in the, in the morning. And the third circle is in the evening. And that's that shared connection between you and your partner, how is that a gift to the world? How is that towards the audience or the book you wanna write or the podcast you wanna do or the song you wanna sing? How is that art that's created between the two of you, how is that connected to the world? And then the final day, there's, um, it's not acting, but there's, there's going to be a shared sacred offering a sacred theater a sacred gift that you create some people may do a scene some people may do an uh, uh, um, an improvisation some people may share a poem um whatever anyone's comfortable with but there will be how can those the thing you've created with your partner be uh an offering a performance uh to a gift to the world and that those so it's the three circles of energy it's that's the basic structure. And of course, you know, Madeline's the amazing feminine teacher that we might <laughs> go in other directions um, with, through the magic, but that's the structure. And one, it's so interesting, is that I realized as I've worked with people that know my work, they can feel which one of those circles is weak in their lives. And I'm, I'll say, say, Madeline, what feels weak around your Joan of Arc? It's like, you know what, I haven't really connected to myself, right? Or I'm not talking to somebody, so I'm not really being vulnerable and opening to my partner. Or I think what happened in our work um, during the workshop, it was the third circle, is that you were afraid to share that with the world. And then when you did, it was this huge breakthrough of like, wow, I have something to say. Mm. And the world needs to hear it.
0: I think, yeah, and I think for me, something that comes up a lot is doing it right. Mm. And that's what comes up for most women, probably most people, maybe. Mm -hmm. I I don't really know. Uh, Yeah, I guess most people is wanting to do it right. Um, Definitely for women. Um, Mm. And there was something... Can I, can I share a bit about how you, so when I was doing my Joan of Arc, I tried it several different ways. You know, the first way that you had taught me was doing it just really like naturally not overdoing it, just coming from my own pure place of speech and how I talk and just bringing it like down to earth. And then we raised it right back up and got really particular about my articulation. And, and I, I really enjoyed that because, excuse me, wow. I do have a thing of not always completing my words, and I'm getting so much better at that. A year later of watching this and uh, tuning into how I am speaking, but that was very helpful in in doing this Joan of Arc monologue, but then the last piece was bringing in, what you had me do was bring in Kali energy, and if anyone is not familiar with Kali, Kali Kali Ma is like this incredibly passionate deity that will cut off people's heads out of passion and anger and like she she'll kill for love she will kill for love and Joan of Arc has a very similar quality and to help me just get to Joan of Arc I needed to do this really big thing which was embody Kali in between my Joan of Arc sentences And then like literally sticking out my tongue and having this like very hot breath come out and raising up my hands. So using, that's why this is the embodied archetype. It is the voice and the body. Like the voice is within the body, but also using the body because even raising my arms up, sticking out my tongue, letting hot air come out of my mouth as I'm channeling my powerful Joan of Arc. Whoa, like my body just lit up. Combining all those different elements and and I could I could sit back and relax and do these things, even if I'm moving and grooving. There's a very large extent that I'm not having to worry about it because you're telling me what to do. You're telling me what to do, which takes out the guessing of like, how do I get into my shadow? Like this is how you get into your shadow. You're guided. That's the best way to do it is to be guided and to be led and not do this on your own and not just talking. So now that's that's for another podcast, but mm. the shadow is not meant to be talked about. It's meant to be experienced. It's meant to be experienced in the body, channeled, and then on its own, it disintegrates. Becomes mm. le- it takes up less space in your life. It may still, of course, be there, but it's no longer a shadow. It's no longer I hit. love
1: do – uh, Don Cartwright was how I got into all of – I love what you just said. I love all of it, and you, it was amazing. And, and working with Don Cartwright is an incredible tantric teacher. It's actually how I met John. Um, she said a, a beautiful tantric uh, philosophy is whatever is touched fully dissolves.
0: Mm, one of my favorite things.
1: Whatever is touched fully dissolves. That's a grief, you know, uh, an anger. Um, once we fully feel it to its extent, it it just it breaks apart and it's it's interesting even i'm back home in colorado and i you know i've gotten to see all my family friends and and my childhood friends and that's been amazing my family on the other hand is has not been as wonderful (laughs) about getting together communicating with me and all my childhood stuff came up and I, i went on a walk this morning and tears are streaming down my face. I'm frustrated, I'm angry. And I'm like, I've done all this work and I'm this embodied dude and people work with me. And I'm like, why? I am so angry. And you know, my dad is getting older and he's forgetful, but he was an alcoholic for 50 years. And I was like, oh my God, As soon as he quit drinking is when he started sort of to lose his mind. So even though he's not drinking, he's still acting as though he did when I was a child. And I was grieving and the shadow of a part of myself that I wasn't seeing, or it's all my fault, or and I was able to have compassion for that. And I was like, oh my God, I'm about to do this talk with Madeline, and I feel like this big phony because I'm stuck in my own stuff. And I was able to then you know, call somebody and share it. And I'm going to do a video on my men's call of just this anger of like, why, why can't they be different? Why can't you hear me? Why can't. And soon as I just let all those tears go and I yelled at the mountains, I'm in Boulder. My whole body relaxed. And I went, okay. And I said, the only way for this to move is to feel it fully. And as a teacher, I have to, you know, I have to not only be the hair club president, I have to also be a client, like I have to be, I have to do it to then be able to teach it. And it's an ever evolving thing. And now I can move my shadows more often, not just needing to be held. Now I can see them more in the shadow that comes up, which is, it's all my fault. You know, the, the, the whipping boy that like that. And I embodied him and, Two minutes later, it was gone. Hmm. And this is how, you know, why do we come to these workshops and what are they like? Then how is it going? To, I love the saying, you know, I don't, want to feed, I don't want to feed you. I want to teach you how to fish. Down the road, as you keep doing this work, it's, it's such an amazing, essential tool um, to get out of your own way in your life and with your, and now I'm going to see my dad tonight and have dinner. And I'm super like, all right. of it moved, 10% I'm still like, but I'm able to show up and have my son meet his grandfather. Hmm. But if I didn't move that anger, if I didn't move that frustration, um, I would have done something unconscious, like just got in the car and left and not called him back. And And I know all of us that are listening to this, that we've all done that. And then later, a year later, like your student goes, oh my God, I wish I didn't do that. I'm so sorry. That's how... This this workshop will have a ripple effect, in my view, of the rest of your life mm. if you continue to do this work.
0: Oh, it's so it's so amazing! It's so beautiful. And side note, I met your dad. I don't know if I told you that I met your dad. I know your dad. Yeah, I he's a of piece of work, Simmons. isn't he? Piece <laughs> he's a work, an interesting isn't he? Guy, he's just a guy. You know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Interesting fellow. Well, and I'm saying this, it's like thank God for him, because if it wasn't for all that insanity, I probably wouldn't have dedicated my life to this work.
0: Exactly. Mm-hmm. So thank exactly. you. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you. The best divine teacher. And that's that's one of the reasons why I always remember the quote, um, that if you think you're enlightened, go back home to your family. <laughs> It is the most true thing, most true. And it makes so me feel so good to know that I'm not alone. Like having that quote be a thing. I'm like, okay, you think you're enlightened, go back home to your family because all that shit will come up time and time again. So it's, yeah, it's, and we talk about this often in, in the John and, and Kendra land and we'll probably talk about it as well at our weekend that when you like everything you've been sharing has been so real and so honest. And there's this thing called, um, dissonance whenever you say one thing, but you actually feel another thing and everyone else feels it, our nervous systems feel it. Like you're saying yes, but your body is saying no. And it makes you less trustable because we can see in your body, like you look like you're not breathing. You look really rigid. Like you're rolling your eyes. You know, that's an extreme example, but that does happen. Um, but you're saying yes, you'll do it. We'd rather have you own how you feel, own this. And this is one of the most powerful effects, um, aftermath effects of doing this kind of work is that the dissonance dissipates. Mm. You when say one and thing, that,
1: do it. Yeah. And that's embodiment, right? That's embodiment, embodiment to me is alignment. And a body and alignment are this. Are, synonyms mm-hmm. you know embodiment to me is is the alignment of the physical emotional uh, spiritual mental and um physical physical emotional mental energetic and spiritual yeah those five within that the alignment of those five that's embodiment mm-hmm. and if one of those things if your mind is one place and you're saying one thing but your body is saying another that's the dissonance and coherence is when all of those are coming from the same place. That's empowerment.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. This is a beautiful place to, 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 to be continued, right, mm-hmm. for everyone that comes to join us. So the event, the Embodied Archetype, is November 15th to 17th here in New York City. Um, we have an amazing venue to host it at. Really luscious, beautiful, feminine, sweet, um, just a very held container. And this, this particular retreat, I've never done this with my retreats before, so I'm super excited for us to be doing this, but it's any gender, all genders. We want you all. So if you have a mostly my audience is feminine creatures. Um, you are more than welcome to attend. And if you have a masculine creature in your life that you would like to bring along, please let us know. We would love to talk to both you. Um, the way you get in the door of the embodied archetype is to fill out an application on my website, mattymooncom forward slash events. Just fill that out. It's short and sweet and I'll get back to you and we'll rock and roll on.
1: There's a financial uh, benefit to coming yeah. as a, as a couple, there's a discount. Yeah. um, If you bring your partner,
0: you each get a hundred off. Pretty sweet. Pretty awesome. And you get to have this like amazing, profound experience where you're going into your shadow together and you're breathing together. And like, you just get an adventure. If you don't live in New York city, like imagining, imagine coming to New York city, this beautiful place and opening your heart and doing this kind of work together. It's just going to bring you really close. So I love the idea of that. Okay, everyone, let us know if you have any questions, if you're interested in this beautiful, magnificent event, and we look forward to hearing from you very soon.